In this episode of the Slow County Real Estate Podcast, Hal goes over some key economic indicators that point to an eventual decline in interest rates, which is great news for all the people that have been shoved to the sidelines. But you'll want to get ready. The team also talks about Cal Poly and its impacts on the market from a desirability standpoint. Get ready to jump back in the market. Here's your host, James Bueno. Slow County Real Estate with Mr. Hal Swayze. How are you, sir? Uh, Mr. James Bueno, I am great. Well, great. Thank you. And JT, you're back again. Mr. Bueno, I'm good. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Jay, how are you, sir? I'm doing phenomenal. Play on that. No play on the bueno. Nope. Okay. Right. Mr. Kingman, you're there. I'm doing excellent. You're there. You're here. You're with us. I'm happy to be here. Can you believe we were just having a conversation earlier about a Christmas party? Christmas is almost here. Everything's going by so fast. Things are changing. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about some changes possibly, right? Yeah. Interest rates, because in real estate, it's so interest rate sensitive. What's the Fed going to do? Which way are they going to go? You know, I mean, stocks, they affect so many things in the economy and, and real estate certainly is one of them. I read an interesting financial article and I've heard people in the mortgage industry talk about this concept, but I thought I would share it because I think it finally got simple enough where I can explain it and understand it. So they talk. Yeah, I want to. I want to hear this. <laughs> so, oh geez, the consumer price index I think is one of the things that folks at the Federal Reserve Bank they look at that, mm-hmm. and when it's going up steeply, we get nervous. We don't want prices to go that high. We put a tamper on inflation. So we've seen how many months since rates went up last year? 15, 18, 20 oh, months yeah. now. Well, well over twelve months. Yeah. Twelve months was March, April. Right. Yeah. So, so those rates have been raised to lower the cost of things and tamp down demand, I guess. Is that one way of saying it? Is that fair for you guys? Trying to hedge inflation. They're trying to keep it. Keep the from prices getting, from yeah. going too high. So the consumer price index is a basket of things that they say, okay, bread and bananas, whatever. But the biggest one, the simple part is 40% of it is housing. That's, that's the biggest component of any input they use when measuring consumer prices. So if houses go up 50%, that's that's a good portion of the CPI. Everything else could be going down, but it was, that'd be a big inflation number. It's interesting because shelter is the only inflation category where you can look at what happened a year ago and what's coming next month. It's calculated based on something called owner's equivalent rent, which is basically not what the house costs, but what would it be for rent? Hmm. So they're going to look at rents. So, But they look at rents because rents are usually locked in for at least a year or sometimes more. So when they go back to August of last year, if someone was leasing a property and they were leased at a certain level that year, that's what they look at. Even though in the past 12 months, the rents might've gone down. Now here they haven't so much. So the point of this is it creates a lag before it shows up in our consumer price index. So we're still using current numbers for all the other 60% of what's in that CPI basket, but that 40% is based on a year ago. Wow. And it was higher then. They said, when rents slowed down dramatically, we were stuck, even though rents have dropped since that point nationwide. Now here locally, we're kind of immune to that. We haven't seen rents drop. Yeah, not, here. not at all. Probably up. No. But this is nationwide. So the Fed's not going, we're going to base our decisions on what happens in San Luis Obispo. Yeah, they look at the whole country, uh, which is probably smart. So what they've done is they've looked at this and goes, yeah, we can tell that rents not only are not increasing as much, because when we hear about decreases inflation, they're talking the rate of inflation. Like I think last year, and I'm going to throw some numbers out, and please correct me, it's like we were up like 8 or 10%. Mm, we got as high as, we got over 9, right? Over 9%, yeah. which was a difference. Yeah. That was the year. highest mark I remember. Yeah, so that means over that year they went up 9 or 10%. And we saw it in lots of things. Anybody that buys anything knows that. So now the rate of increase over last year is less. Okay, that's still inflation, 
but less inflation. It, um, uh, this week, the CPI came out for August, and it was 3.7, which was up a little bit above July. So if rents have been softening throughout the country earlier in this year, it might take three or four months before they go, oh, now rents are, you know, they've come down because the new lease amounts in many parts of the country are lower. So they are saying in this article, shelter could end up, and when they say shelter, which is housing of that 40%, in deflation next year. Okay, so now you take 40% of it, and it's a negative number instead of a smaller That 3.7 will be something much smaller then is what, it would be what they're predicting. Yeah. Well, no, not, not the whole thing would be negative. The, the shelter part would, would be, be negative, negative so that the, it would bring down the 3.7. Absolutely. And I, I read the same article. I thought they said around 2, which was the target they set when inflation was running away at 9 last year. Right. Right. And, and their point is it, it could be there now, but it won't show up in the numbers until likely next year. This is a lot of you know economic who knows what knows, but it, it seems to make sense, right? So that would lead us to believe what some of these mortgage people have been saying, that it looks like rates, specifically mortgage rates, could be lower next year. So what happens if rates get down to where they were 12 months ago, maybe five and a half, six percent for mortgages? What, I mean, for us, what does that mean for real estate? More activity. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be buyers that qualify. There's going to be sellers that have been wanting to get out of their house and go into their, make their next move. And they don't feel like they're trapped by their low interest rate. Um, you're going to see movement. You're going to see freed up inventory. You're going to see buyers that can come off the fence and start closing. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see quite a bit of activity if that happens. It, it would be interesting because I really think the inventory might get up to more normal levels because yeah. people would be willing to sell that are in their houses and they didn't want to jump from three to six, but they can do the jump from three to five. Sure. And they have more choices. I mean, you don't want to sell your house because I get there's nothing to look at. As real estate brokers, it's nice because it means more volume. For first-time buyers, it's a good thing, you know, because now I can get more house for my money. Mm-hmm. But I may be competing a little bit more because if more buyers jump in, we know how quickly that can sure. shrink our inventory in this close-knit little place. You work primarily on the supply side because you're working with sellers, and I probably spend more of my time with your salespeople that are on the demand side. So what do you think is going to happen on the demand side next year if we see a five or less? (laughs) I'm I'm rooting for less. Yes. Well, certainly it's going to bring buyers back into the marketplace. As rates start to go up, people jump in. Yeah. Right. Because like, oh, they don't, we better get uh, they're going up, you know, and that happens with prices, you know. And so when they go down, sometimes there's that lag and people don't figure it out and don't grab it when the opportunity kind of arises. Again, it's that shorter term mentality, which is hard to fight. Our last episode, we talked about intergenerational transfer. Well, thank gosh, you know, grandma and grandpa bought a house or bought an apartment mm-hmm. building, whatever. And here it is for us 20, 30, 50 years later. So it's just getting into the marketplace. But my sense would be. If what this says is true and it makes sense to me, barring some other big spike in the cost of everything, you know, that could affect the CPI, the biggest one we're looking at is housing, and that's on a downward path, which is going to be good for interest rates. Well, we're getting away from the macro and more on the, the micro, and yeah. when, I, when I say that, I mean home prices here in San Luis Obispo County. If we see a 5%, 5.5% rate, in in early 2024, what do you guys think that'll do to prices? Well, every one percent in in mortgage rate difference makes a ten percent difference in the price of the house. 
So, so if it drops, okay. it's 10% more affordable. So, I mean, it doesn't take many people to add to the 285 houses we have for sale. If you bring in 30 new buyers that were not buyers three months prior, plus all the regular buyers, guess what? There's more competition. So what would you tell a first-time buyer? Well, we were talking about this earlier. Inflation means that I have to pay more for food. So I either pay, instead of my $200 or $500 a month budget, I can eat, do that and, and raise it because I like steak every week, or I can go, I got to keep my budget, and I'm not having steak except once a month, and I'm going to have some top ramen. So you have to lower your expectations of what you buy. I, I would say, you know, look at where you rent. What are you paying in rent? Look at what you can afford. James, look at what you can afford. And sometimes you might have to just get into a house that's going to be maybe not as nice as you like. Yeah, first time home is usually not the one that you dreamed about. It's your foot in the door. And then yep. you get to not only um, have a place to live where your, your cost of living is fixed, right? You're not having to worry about the tenants raising your rent. The landlord's raising your rent next year. You've got a fixed cost for a couple of years. You're going to get that appreciation. And then you, you can continue to save for your next house. Yeah. That, coupled with appreciation, is going to give you the lever you need to get into your next house. It will take you four times longer to save without that lever of appreciation. So just get in. It doesn't really matter if it's the house you want. Maybe it's not even a house. It's a condo. Get the appreciation. Yeah. I, I would say just get educated. Make sure your FICO score is in great shape. If not, work with a, uh, you know, a mortgage professional to figure out what you got to do to get it there. And then focus on That's another big thing. You know, you've got to have FICO score to get the, the best rate. So see what you can do. Talk to a lender today. As we rolled through 2020 and COVID into 2021, what did we kind of surprisingly see? Prices escalating as quickly as we've ever seen it, haven't yeah, we? I mean, absolutely. we've seen some pretty steep increases at a time or two in our lives, but Nothing. But this is this this was a big one. So if you owned a house in 2020, you probably by 2022 experienced a 20 percent on the low side mm -hmm. Plus. increase in value, maybe as much as 40. Yep. So when you were the first time home buyer in 2020, and you're sitting on the sidelines, and you weren't getting ready, and you kept going, yeah, I want to buy a house, I want to buy a house, I want to buy a house. By the time it got to 2022. You were going to pay twenty to forty percent more for that house. Are, are we at that place now? If interest rates go down, we're going to see a double-digit increasing in prices. I think a lot of that demand was COVID demand too. Okay. So you had good rates. I want a bigger house. I'm moving out of the area. I'm getting close to my family. I think there was just a lot more movement than normal, but I never, ever predict 15 to 20% annual increases. That's just no. not in my radar. And it becomes yeah. great for those who are involved, uh, but I would never have guessed that. I mean, I'm happy if something goes up two, three, four percent 4%, but I'm even happier if my payment stays the same for 20, 30 years. Well, I guess I'm, I'm circling back to, to the, the, the comment that, that I made a second ago, and that's... Uh, to the first time home buyer and I'm looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready, man. Get ready. You know, I bought a house in Visalia a long time ago. Okay. Second time. Yeah. Home. Yeah. 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 First time in a while. Home it's been more than three years. You're still considered first time home buyer. No, I paid 98,000. Three bed and two bath. Yeah. Not a babe. 35, 44 Roosevelt. Was yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. We'll get ready again. It's interesting. I mean, I just moved and I, I gave up, I have a mortgage on my home and I gave up 3% and I'm at, 6.75 or something like that. I, I have a sense that I'll be able to refinance that or buy it down or whatever. That, that, that's called my wife wanted to move more than I did. Yeah, but I was ready at that time. Okay. Too. 
Because I'm the stingy we're, one. We're not going to blame it all on Maria, huh? No. Okay. No. So okay. we'll be keeping an eye on interest rates. But it sounds like, and some of this was from the Federal Reserve notes, they talk about this sort of thing, that they've done a little, uh, what are they, they map it out uh, on their little computer systems. And it, it, it appears that that biggest component is going to be dropping. So that will be real helpful for CPI and a positive news for lower interest rates. I think in San Luis specific, we're still going to have the, well, you would call it the COVID factor, right? People were moving out of the cities because mm -hmm. they wanted fresh air and mobility. People are still going to be moving to San Luis from outside the area, especially with you've got that, that transfer of wealth. You've got the, the, the ability, if you're over 55, to bring your tax basis with you in, in, in the state of California. We're going to see a lot of people transferring here from other Love areas. those senior discounts. How many people can't stand living in the big cities right now? I mean, it's. I would, I, I, if I had my choice, I would, yeah. I would get out of there. I have a timeshare in the city, and uh, I don't go as often as I used right, to. Right, I can imagine. Is that Frisco? The city. The city. The, the city. <laughs> and it's not Frisco. That's San Fran? That's good. Not San Fran, brother. It's the city. The, that's going to get edited out. Jeez. Uh -oh. Hey, hey um, Hal, what, what, what impact do you think? You know, you talk about COVID impacting this area, and, you know, we've talked endlessly about how we all love this area. But what impact has uh, Cal Poly had on, on this market, do you think? Oh, well, I mean, 32 years of talking to people, how did you end up here? The One of the biggest reasons, one way or another, Cal Poly came here. Niece or nephew was here, came here as a kid, saw it, went to Cuesta one year, wanted to come back, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and then if you think about it, 20, well, I guess there's not 20, there's 20,000 kids at a, at a time at Cal Poly. Right. So each class. I think class there are is, more e than that. Easily more, more than that. Or 20, I think it's 22 yeah. or 24 now. Well, you're, yeah, yeah, you work Jeff, with the team. But five or 6,000 new kids coming in every year. For a small town, that's a big draw. It's like having a mini Disneyland here and people come and yeah. go, but in a great place. We've got a lot of alumni friends that I know, they want to come back. It creates customers, so to speak, for San Luis Obispo. And so you got 40,000 people, just their parents and nephews and friends coming every year, at least just because of a new class. Wow. Then you put yeah. in Cuesta, right? Mm -hmm. And so talk about a great marketing plan. And those people go, geez, we came to visit, dropped our kid off at school. We didn't want to leave. Cuesta's up to ten or 12,000 students, yeah. aren't they now? Really? Yeah. So we got over 30,000 students in, in this yeah. community. Undergrad is twenty one thousand. Okay. Right. So yeah. So so, so there are some more grad students, probably about five yeah. or six thousand on and top that, of that. And that's yeah. just the students. Mm -hmm. Right? So you right. Got faculty. faculty. I got more faculty, faculty and people coming, working you know, on campus. You know, you've got the hot houses, you've got people that are you know, development director, fundraising, athletic director, you know, all these things. So the university is a just a showcase for this community. I went to Washington State University. People would go there and they're like, Oh yeah, it's nice college town and the discussion would start and stop there. <laughs> it's a nice place to go to college. Yeah, right. I've never heard anybody say that about San Luis Obispo and Cal Poly and the surrounding area. People are like, well, I got to figure out how to get here. Yeah. I've, I've heard that numerous times. And all because their kid chose to go to school at Cal Poly. And yeah. it's, it, or, or a nephew, you know, yeah, sister, right. you know, I did like some of my good friends. Some, my brother went to school here and I came here and I went, well, this is where I want to end up. You know, and then you got all the visitors from everywhere. So, so I think it's true. I mean, I mean, it just brings so many people. Mm -hmm, it does, right? My, my I mean, favorite I, little watering hole in Cayucas is a place called Beach Bums. And when I go in there and meet the people that are in there, 
My kids went to Cal Poly mm-hmm. or I went to Cal Poly. One of the two. Yeah. And, the, and so it doesn't just impact San Luis. It impacts every city in the mm-hmm. county. Yeah. It Absolutely. provides a lot of exposure. So it's a phenomenal place. And then you've got so much. You've got the Performing Arts Center stuff going on. You've got athletic things going on, events. Um, it, it, it really adds a lot to the community, you know, as much as every once in a while somebody bumps into a college kid. And, you know, most of us probably were one at one time or not, but we're just children. But, it, I mean, it brings so much here, and, and it just it affects real estate. Funny story. Uh, the guy I used to work for in Pullman at the, at the uh, radio station, I told him, hey, um, I had a job interview in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And um, I told him, I said, you know, I'm going on this job interview in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And he started saying, well, you know, we're, we got two, because up there, University of Idaho and, and Washington State are right next to each other. We've got two universities here. There's a lot of culture here. You know, he's trying to get me to stay and, and be there. And I said, well, here's another thing I didn't tell you. I have a, uh, the following week, I have a job interview in San Luis Obispo. And he looked at me and he said, all right, well, you're done. Because he knew about the area. Right. He knew what, how nice the area was. And he, he knew there was no chance that, you know, for a quality of life standpoint, like Grand Rapids, he thought he had a chance. But going up against San Luis Obispo, no chance. If you can figure out how to get here and stay here. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? An interesting stat. San Luis has one of the highest underemployment rates in the nation. What does that mean? More college graduates are working at, uh, at, at, at um Starbucks or sure. um, just, you know, because they, once they get here, they don't want to leave. They got their degree, their yeah. degree in engineering, the first degree in political science, and they just don't want to go anywhere. They got my leave. MBA, so I'm tending bar. Yeah. Because I don't want to leave. Yeah. Oh, when I, yeah, I had a college degree here and worked in the Bay Area, had a corporate sales job, came back and started in real estate, was starving. So I was bussing tables at the end at Morro Bay in the yeah. morning, you know? I mean, it felt like a step back, but it's like, I guess this is what I got to do, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and so, but I, I get the, that, that, that lends to the unaffordability con conversation. Like how does somebody, how does someone that lives here uh, afford a house? Like you, the, if you're working at Trader Joe's and in the afternoons and waiting tables in the evening, you can't afford to buy a house and yet you got two degrees. So it, it but it, well, I mean, there's always a way. Well, no, gotta I have mean, people, good parents helping you out <laughs> yeah or i i don't know i mean uh, we're we're so used to and again i'm not recommending this I, I mean what was it like when people used to have borders in their house i mean they couldn't afford to stay in their house i mean sure i mean what if you went in with four of your friends well, that's some, I, i've talked to james about and this house, house hacker. buy a house and rent one of your rooms yeah, it'll help you offset the mortgage and again i said now, i say it again i'm not doing that <laughs> when the first of your two boys is ready to buy a house yes what are the odds that mom and dad are going to help them in some way or fashion? They're high. Yeah, because otherwise they won't be able to buy a house, mm-hmm. maybe. right? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Right. Yeah. The only way my son was able to get in is we we helped him. Right. You yeah. know. And 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 yeah, I mean, I wasn't in that position as a young person, and mo- many people aren't. Many people are, yeah. but you know, I. I also think it's robbing them a little bit of the value of trying to figure it out. Yeah. If there'd be anything, it'd be helping with real estate. Don't worry about robbing them. Just yeah. help them a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Dad. Uh, your dream home is rarely going to be your first home. If you're a first-time home buyer, get in yeah. the game sooner than later. Don't. Yeah. Wait. I was so uh, on last week's episode when you talked about the young couple that just uh, graduated from Cal Poly and how you're helping them with their first wish I could go back and do things differently when I was hearing you tell that part of the story. If we've never would have had kids. I don't think we would have 
entered into buying a house. Right. I think we would have rented. Yeah. I and it that. wasn't until we had kids. We're like, oh, we're going to have to do something for them in the future. And we have to build our wealth. What's the best way to do it? And that's through buying a house. I, our costs went up because we had a sweet rental deal. But we knew that that was the best thing to do and just change the way we spend money a little bit. Remember this one. The kids who live in the house that the parents own have higher test scores. That's what so you did a good job for your kids, man. Well, okay, so so that's good advice then. So if we have a first-time buyer that's on the fence, that uh, uh, a couple of some sort would just say, "Well, if, just go have a baby and come see me." <laughs> <laughs> My but it's true. You raise your game. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you I have had to, to as an adult. If you're going to be an adult when you have a kid, it's like. Oh, now I'm an adult. Yeah, James, I, I, I think you need to get us out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, all right, everybody. I'm not even going to ask you guys one of the other. We're done today. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the House Swayze Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. It comes out every Monday, so check for it in your feed for the latest information on the San Luis Obispo County market. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and on HouseSwayze.com where you can find current listings and other real estate tips. HouseSwayze.com, that's H-A-L-S-W-E-A-S-E-Y.com. I am James Bueno, Director of Marketing for the House Swayze Group. If you're looking for anything real estate, give us a call, 805-781-3750. House Swayze is a licensed California real estate broker. DRE number 01111911. The Slow County Real Estate with House Swayze Podcast is a production of AGM Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.